Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I am the host of Fides Podcast. Who am I? I'm just a guy interested in speaking the truth. What does Fides mean? I'm sure that that's what you were thinking. Fides is Latin for faith, belief, and truth. In this crazy world we live in, I wanted to bring some more truth-telling and education to those willing to listen. I want to discuss and debate those that have different beliefs so that we can understand each other and all of you can hear two perspectives. But there is only one truth, only one fides, and that is what you will find. Enjoy. So welcome to Fides Podcast. Thanks for being here. If you want to reach out to me, any questions or comments or any kind of feedback, uh, my email address is jerry at fidespodcast.com. That's jerry at fidespodcast.com. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Dr. Paul Saba uh, to this episode of Fides Podcast. Dr. Saba is a physician who studied, trained, and worked in Canada and the United States and internationally in war-torn Lebanon and Somalia, in Bangladesh, Honduras, the Ivory Coast, and Haiti. He has successfully fought for free medication for the disadvantaged, nutritional support for the elderly, and physical fitness for children. He's made presentations opposing assisted suicide and euthanasia before state legislatures in New Hampshire, Connecticut, in New York, and before, international, and before international forums in Italy, Iceland, Chile, and Georgia. Presently, he is contesting euthanasia and assisted suicide laws in Canada's courts. Dr. Saba is here to discuss his new book, Made to Live. Dr. Saba, thank you so much for being here and for all that you do. Thank you, Jerry, for inviting me. Great. So, uh, so this this book is really really exciting. Tell me about the book. Um, I, I did look into uh, quite a bit about it. Uh, there's there's a great YouTube video. It's only a couple minutes long. I'll I'll certainly share it. It's uh it's actually very heart wrenching actually. Um, but tell us about the book and why you decided to write it. Well, Jerry, you know it's really been um, a lifelong process, but. I think uh, what really touched me most profoundly was the birth of our youngest daughter, Jessica. Uh, Jessica, who's now 11 years old, was born uh, with a severe congenital heart abnormality. <clears throat> and when uh, we went to, you know, obviously when you're when you're going to the doctors, you're you're very optimistic. Mm -hmm. It's a new birth. Uh, but the doctors uh, called us in after they did the routine ultrasound at 20 weeks, and they said, we have a problem. And I said, uh, what do you mean you have a problem? And they said, well, <clears throat> your daughter uh, has a severe cardiac malformation, and we also uh, suspect that she has Downs. And uh, I said, you can see all that on the ultrasound? And he said, yes, but we're going to repeat it again in four weeks. Okay. But you should really consider your options. And, uh, and uh, again, at uh, 24 weeks. They confirmed it, and they, again, they said, you know, if you're going to do something, you should do it now. I said, what do you mean, do do something? Uh, and they said, well, you know what we're talking about. When they were obviously talking about terminating the pregnancy, mm -hmm. ending our daughter's life. And um, <clears throat> and then they, they went so far as to say um, to to my to my wife, they said, uh, and what happens if, uh, you know, she's born and you 
you know, and, and, uh, you know, she has no quality of life. What do you want us to do? And my wife said, uh, she says, you know, I've done everything to bring her this far. You're going to do everything to make sure she survives. And they even repeated that even all the way up to the, uh, time of delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, we were, um, you know, of course you pray, you know, whenever something happens and, you know, you, you reach to your, your Christian faith and you start praying. We often forget to pray when things are going well, but when things seem rough, we, we remember to pray. And uh, we prayed that she wouldn't have a heart uh, problem. And we, and when we realized that she was going to have a heart problem, uh, we prayed that uh, God would send us the right doctors. Uh, and uh, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think, really what the, this, this, the, the whole story is, is, is not to give up. And when she, you know, was, it really was a nick of time when she was born because the wall of the uterus was paper thin. My wife had two previous cesarean sections, and it's always risky. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and they got her out in the nick of time and, um, and she did have a heart abnormality. Um, uh, she wasn't a down syndrome, although parents have wonderful children with downs and, uh, we weren't going to border no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> we could have aborted her right up to a few minutes of delivery because, uh, the laws are so, uh, open and wide that, uh, you, you can, uh, kill a child up to the time of delivery. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, they they intervened. Uh, she had her first first heart procedure shortly after she was born, uh, and um, and everything. One of the things we found was a miracle uh, because the procedure they did was to, uh, but she really only had half a heart. Her her right heart was only uh, was was really just not fun- it wasn't functioning at all. Okay, and she had a severe uh, valve problem, and they were able to uh, find a way to get the. Um, it was called a, a balloon valvuloplasty, where they they dilate the the valve, and uh, because there was a pinhole opening, they were able to thread it. Because the the, the the serious risk is that you can perforate the heart when you pass the catheter, and then her heart slowly started to grow, and we had to redo it um, uh, uh, when she was less than a year old. Okay, um, and we we always found it was, it was funny because she was always getting out of breath, and uh, so we took her back to the doctor, and it was just a routine visit, and they and they realized and it says you know we have to go back and we have to redo what we did before and uh that was the hardest because of course you you're attached to your 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 child after sure. you, you've been with them for a while but that was the beginning of really the the you know i would say my my opening of my eyes to how how precious life is how you know i mean i've worked in the hospital i've seen people die i've, I've seen people at the end of life i've seen people who shouldn't die car accidents i've worked in emergency medicine, I've worked in third world countries, I've worked in the United States, I've worked in Canada, around the world. Mm-hmm. But when it touches you personally, that really when it hits hard, because you, can, you yeah. can't really step, step back from, from a person's, your, your own child's life. Right, it's definitely different. Now, where was, was this in Canada or the United States? Because I know you've, been, you've spent a lot of time in both. Well, this, this is in, in Montreal, because okay. this is where now I've, uh, I'm, a, I'm a dual national. I'm a, an American mm-hmm. from my mom's birth. I've spent uh, uh, more than 13 years in the United States. I've worked in, uh, you know, I did my residency train internal medicine in, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I, I worked there for quite a number of years. I, I spent three years in the emergency room at Duke University Medical Center. I've been very blessed. Yeah, I've had so many opportunities, and I thank God for that. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I met my wife. Uh, not that I couldn't have met. There were some amazing women I met in the United States, but my wife that I, I uh, 
finally matched up with, um, and my, my only wife, uh, I met in Montreal. Uh So that, that brought me back to Montreal. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, yeah, no, so I I was actually reading through all of your credentials and, and, and all the experiences you had. And I thought, gosh, how, how do I, you know, how do I do this in the introduction? It would take me 10 minutes. So, um, I, would encourage anyone to, to, you know, look, look you up and, and really see the depth of all the things that you've done as far as charitable work and, and help of those that are, um, the most in need, quite frankly, is the best way to put it. Um, so yeah, so it's really great. So, um, I'm looking forward to reading, reading the book. Um, excited about it. So obviously that, you know, touched you from the perspective of abortion. Um, you're fighting currently the Canadian government in regards to assisted suicide. Can you tell me a little bit about that as much as you're able to? Yeah, it, it's it's really sad. And, and, and I guess my experience here in Canada is to warn uh, my fellow Americans, don't go the way of, uh, of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started in our in our the province of Quebec, which would be uh, uh, equivalent to a state, the state of Connecticut, but a little bit larger landmass okay. and po- population. Um, in 2014, they you know back in 2010 they started having hearings, and I I submitted a brief, and again 2012, and and in 2014 we tried to stop them because they were pa- passing a what you would call state law was provincial law uh, for assisted suicide euthanasia. And uh, I said, absolutely not. And so I went to court and I was sure that they, you know, the, the people would see that this was, this was craziness because we, we know what happens once you start, you know, they, they, and, they, and they try to always sell it and, as they do in Connecticut because I've been to the state hearings there. I was invited to speak. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, it's only really for terminal people and people who are really, really old, like 99 years old and with terrible cancer and, and terrible suffering. And that's how it's packaged. But, um, you know, with good care, people don't suffer. I mean, everyone's mm-hmm. seen people who may have had, uh, you know, did suffer at the end of life, but that's only because they had bad quality care. And we want to make sure people don't. And then they expand it. And right mm-hmm. now in Canada, after it was after it passed in the provincial legislature, the Canadian government passed in 2016, I was able to stop it temporarily for a very short time because the Canadian law and the, and the provincial law were, were diametrically opposed. And then eventually it's passed to the Supreme Court of Canada. And um, and that, and what was meant for people really at the end of life now has been expanded for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there and, and even people who have poor quality of life. You know, an older couple uh, went together, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they even celebrated their uh, dinner before they, uh, yeah. they both uh, got the needle. And, and, and they're talking about depressed people and people who are depressed are being euthanized. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, and even there was in British Columbia where the family tried to stop and intervene for their depressed brother. And the court says, no, that's his right to choose, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what happens is what starts for what is, is sold as just a few handful. Yeah. And Canada since 2016, we have 33 million people about the population of California. So in the last four years, 13,000 people have died through lethal injection. Wow. Most of it's done by lethal injection. In the United States, it's, you know, a doctor has to prescribe a poison and, and right. then the person takes it at home. So it, it starts, and, and, and now they're talking about children, and they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're you know, they're pushing more and more towards uh, children euthanasia. So um, it, are, are, you, um, are you familiar with Angel- Angelina Ireland? 
You'll have to fill me in more about so, Angelina. Well, yeah. I, so I, I had interviewed her on a, on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, she's actually fighting. She's uh, the president of a hospice in um, on the western part of Canada, and she's fighting the government there who's trying to force her to perform um, euthanasia at her clinic, and she doesn't want to. But on, um, on our podcast, that when I talked to her, she had said many of the same things as you, uh, and I deemed it as a slippery slope, right? You start off saying, oh, this is only for the elderly who are 90-plus years old, terminally ill, but then it creeps into more and more. Um, I had a comment from somebody on, on social media after that podcast who was commenting on something Angelina had said because she said, well, hey, where does it, where does it end? Are, are we going to allow a, a 16-year-old girl who's depressed to you know, have euthanasia? Are we going to assisted at suicide? Is that what we're going to allow? And the comments were, come on, that's absurd. That's never going to happen. Well, in, and you're in telling Belgium, me it is. <laughs> yeah, in Belgium and Holland, they're doing it. Uh, yeah. There was a, a young, uh, and I talk about in my book, Nadine, who um, was 14 uh, when she had a, a, a terrible leukemia that, uh, and she had multiple failed chemotherapy. She had failed bone marrow uh, transplant. Um, and a um, physician in Holland described, who's the leader of the movement, says that it's people exactly like her. He didn't tell her, but he said somebody who's had several failed uh, mm-hmm. bone uh, chemotherapies should be allowed without parental consent to have their life ended. I mean, you'll hear people who will say, oh, you can't use that term. You can use any term you want. You know, there's, it's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a cliff. It's mm-hmm. not a slippery slope. Yeah, so maybe in a way the, the, the pro-euthanizers are right. There is, we shouldn't use slippery slope. It's a cliff. Yeah. And we've seen that happening in, in Canada. Yep. Um, and it's happened. And even in, um, in, in Belgium, there were a number of uh, kids with uh, cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. back in 2018 or 2019 who had their lives ended and now there's a new treatment uh, which actually cures cystic fibrosis yeah. and can is still not available because it's too costly and their people are fighting for it so the government's willing to um you know provide uh you know euthanasia assisted suicide to people uh who are disabled who have severe health issues but they're not willing to invest in in uh, right. medications that can save their lives. Well, I think that that's, that points to why so many in the United States have were against government control over healthcare, because then it becomes the government that tells you what to do and and how to behave and what medicines you can and can't prescribe. And um, it, you know, the the title of my podcast with Angelina was "Death Panels Are Real." You know, because that was the yeah. the claim, yeah, and, <laughs> and the prime minister has come very, uh, you know, very much in favor, and he's pushing yeah. uh, further and further to expand uh, assisted suicide in euthanasia. Mm-hmm. I have been a strong supporter of a, of a of a big social net for people who aren't covered by health care. So I, you, you mm-hmm. I, I believe, and I think people, whether the Republicans or Democrats, believe that everybody should have health care. They always try sure. to say, well, the, the people, uh, you know, Republicans are against health care. No, I have uh, many of my uh, friends and acquaintances, as well as Democrats, I have on both sides, uh, believe that health care should be covered for all. We just have to find the right mix. Yeah. But one thing that we cannot accept is abortion. So the 
uh, you know, the, the states where the Democratic, I mean, there's some states where I believe there's still uh, Democratic states which have said no. I think in the Deep South, they've said no to euthanasia and assisted suicide. They've said no to abortion. Uh, and it's been across, you know, both Democrats and, and Republican. And that's where I try to reach out. I say, yep. listen, look at what life is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not whether you're a Democrat that you're going to say, well, this is progressive, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm for uh, ending people's lives. I'm for abortion up to the, you know, uh, up to the ninth trimester. And the studies are, well, well, if you don't give people the right to abortion, they're, they're going to go to a backroom uh, alley. Well, that's, that's, there's, you know, there are no black room alleys and there are doctors who do do it even when it's illegal and the people, uh, you know, they, they, they end up with the same complications either, sure. uh, whether it's in a clinic or a back room uh, alley, but you don't want it that way. What you want to do is encourage women to keep their baby right. to, uh, to the end of, of life and do everything to support them. So it's not an inconvenience so that we encourage, we're not casting stones. We're not, um, we're not judging them, you know, uh, whether they're Christian or not Christian, Catholic or Muslim, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, this is a human life that's, that's worth the saving. And, and I think that's the message we need to, to get out, is that every life is valuable and we need to, uh, we need to value that life and, and provide people with the means, the support as a society, as a community, to, to bring that life, uh, allow it to see light, to see the light of day, and when people are uh, at the end, you know, at, at the sunset mm-hmm. of their lives, that we don't end their lives because we never know, um, you know, and even I, I talk about uh, errors and diagnosis. Sometimes we tell people and I describe mm-hmm. people who, who I've run across told they had cancer and they didn't, who would have ended their lives if euthanasia had been available. And today can have their lives ended prematurely, even with you know, thinking they have cancer, they don't have cancer. Wow, no, that's that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Uh, no, that's a great, uh, great s- summary of of everything. I think that's fantastic. You know, it's it's the uh, the be having a culture of life that is, uh, I think, important. So whether it's abortion um, or natural death, you know, uh, conception to nat- natural death. Um, real quick, I just want to um, you know run by uh, two quick things for you, if you don't mind. And first is you know you've done a lot of extensive travel to some you know. Uh, impoverished countries and dealt with a lot of impoverished people. How has that impacted your perspective on on the life issue and on healthcare in general? I think that people, you know, when people have very little, uh, I think they value life even more. I think here in the West, we've just been so cushioned, mm-hmm. you know, until recently <clears throat> with the COVID pandemic. I think that's wakened a lot of people's uh, eyes to how uh, you know how how fragile life is and you know and it, you're not guaranteed the care that you thought you would get you know that you'd be discriminated based on age on on health care risk you know like in italy they were saying that people over 60 wouldn't get on the machine uh in 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 the united states New England journal and published a, a guideline saying you know if you have certain health risk factors uh the hospital administrators will decide there's too much for doctors to decide they're going to mm-hmm. decide so you know once you open up that door yeah uh you know you, you're, you're there's no guarantee you say well i'll choose when i'm going no you're not going to choose because we've already set up a, a mindset where certain lives are worth more than others in the third world people were desperate i i remember and i talk about stories i talk about a woman who walked 100 miles for her son who had um 
uh, with a, uh, finally had appendicitis. We didn't know was he was quite sick. We we worked out in the community in Africa in the northern part of, uh, of the Ivory Coast for care, and, and everybody got together. This Egyptian surgeon who provided care f- free of charge, and we in, in our clinic it was a a Baptist mission which was 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 being supported by a Canadian um, an NGO helping them uh, to, to take care of it. And, this, and she said to me, she begged me that she had lost several children, says, please save my son. And I prayed to God that, uh, that my son would be saved. And he did. He survived. And, because, and I worked in Haiti on, on uh, AIDS wards. And this was back in the, uh, in the 90s, early 90s, when there was no uh, treatment for AIDS. And, uh, and we were basically treating the pneumonias, the infections, um, and, and I remember one patient that we were losing and, and people helped us, you know, who were dying on the wards got up and were, and were helping and were trying to save and, and, and do whatever they could and uh, resuscitate this poor person. They were helping us. These were other patients, you know, who mm-hmm. were so short staffed. So um, in Lebanon, in the south where a fellow was having seizures and uh, we were in a, in a Muslim town, um, and if they thought, of course, they, they, they assumed I, they thought I was an Israeli spy, but... You know, they couldn't understand why this person who wasn't Muslim would help them. And uh, the Israeli uh, lieutenant colonel arranged for us to uh, bring the patient uh, across the border, which was illegal back then. This was back in the 80s. Um, so so I, I just saw a, 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 you know, I remember in Somalia where the people warned us that we we're going to be attacked by gangs. And we were we transported this woman who was in coma uh, from malaria to a Moroccan hospital mm-hmm. and they saved us. The people saved us because they saw we were trying to provide help. People were desperate to, to save life. And here in the West where we're, we're trying to pass legislation to end life, it doesn't right. make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that's amazing. They have so little compared to us, but they, you're saying they value life. You know, the, the poorest American is, is, would be considered wealthy in some of these countries. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot to be thankful for. That's that's really really interesting and powerful um, perspective and feedback. Thank you for that. So, um, so so tell us. I I'm really excited about about your book, Made to Live. Um, tell everybody. Tell us how how we can get the book and 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 read it because it's um, it sounds really really uh, excellent. Well, the easiest way we have all the links to the different bookstores. Um, it's uh, it's uh, on Amazon right now. It's, uh, we have the Kindle, but it'll be a paperback um it's on uh it'll be at barnes and noble uh okay. online uh but if the easiest way to uh you, you can get it from the publisher but the best way to go is go to madetolive.com made to live.com and you can see the video you can um, purchase the book i just wanted to say the title came from my daughter jessica mm. when she was seven years old and she's 11 now and i said honey draw a picture of a of our family, basically get her off the computer. Of course, she went to the computer and, and did the drawing. Yeah. And on the title, and, and in the book, you'll see the pic, the picture. She wrote over the picture, and, and she she made her name Jessica, very big. She made herself the youngest, big. And she wrote, made to live. And and she wrote, Jessica, me. And mm. I went, wow, honey, that's you. You you were made to live. Yeah. Everyone was made to live. And that I that came out of just like, you know, from her heart. And I was just, and, and I said, that's got to be the title. And my son actually did the cover of the book uh, with, and it has a heart of yarn. And it reminds me of, of, of uh, we thought about that. And we reminds us from Psalms uh, where it says that uh, 
I knit you in in your mother's womb. Yeah. So so from from birth to the end of natural life, we're all made to live, and that's really the uh, the theme of the book. Great, excellent. So again, uh, this is uh, Dr. Paul Saba uh, or, or Saba, how, or what, depending on what part of uh, North America you're from, I suppose. Um, last name is S A B A. If you're looking for it, but go to Made to live.com uh, the book is called made to live sounds exciting and excellent i can't wait to read it um, i'd encourage everyone listening to please go and um and and get this book um, and read it and then pass it along i'll certainly post uh, the link and then as much as i can um uh, on my social media and the like um, but please again um, made to live by dr paul saba uh, thanks so much for being here and sharing your story. It's been great. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much. God bless you. You too.